What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and today I'm really fired up to, to get this down. You know, we've had the opportunity here to work with Brittany Bearden for, this is now our third season, I believe, and she's done some great work with not just prescribing, but really communicating, connecting with our guys when it comes to the nutrition aspect and you know, helping us kind of take that to the next step, because I think that it's something that a lot of us uh, in our vocation here in sport and strength and conditioning, we probably know just enough to be dangerous. So I'm really excited to be able to sit down and talk with Brittany today about not just how we can be better and their role and how they can help us and, and ways we can communicate these things better with our athletes, but also how we can get people involved with the people that we get to work with day in and day out. Brett, excited to welcome you to the CVAS family. Thanks for spending the time with us today. What's up, Jay? Thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, I, uh, this is one that I've, I've wanted to get down for a while because we've been able, again, like I said in the intro here, we've been able to work together to, to help these guys for, I think this is our third season. I think this started with Grant yeah. uh, two summers ago uh, and Nick, you know, to really try to figure out how that they can do better for themselves with their development and their growth. So let's, uh, let's start out here really quick. Let's introduce Brittany to the CVAS listener. You know, who are you? How'd you get to where you're at? And what really got you into this sport nutrition realm? Yeah, so I am a sports dietitian. I so that's a registered dietitian, and then there's also a sports certification called certified specialist in sports dietetics. Been a sports dietitian now for about 10, 11 years. So I how I got into the industry was I grew up playing sports. Actually, basketball was my favorite sport. Uh, so played basketball, kind of always was in the sports world and loved, loved being a part of a team, love competition just love everything about sport so always wanted to stay in sports when I was trying to decide what I wanted to pursue as a career at the time sports diet I had never heard of the term dietitian uh, and the world of sports nutrition was like very early uh this was whenever I was in high school so once I decided I was like hey it'd be really cool to do something in sport and also some of the nutrition so to kind of like handle nutrition for athletes and teams sounds perfect. So that's what I pursued. I did my undergrad in nutritional sciences at Texas A&M and then got to work with the sports dietitians there at Texas A&M. So really kind of started a career in sports nutrition there, kind of understanding what dietitians do, how they work with the athletes and all the different responsibilities that they have on the collegiate level. And then from there, I did my dietetic internship which really that's when we as dietitians rotate through a couple different areas of dietetics. So we rotate through like food service, the clinical setting where we're in the hospital and meeting with patients that have all sorts of disease states and how nutrition impacts that and prescribing diets that help with certain diseases. Uh, and then there's also a community component. So I would say sports in dietetics is again, it's come a long way, but at that point in time, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for like sports specifically, but kind of knowing all along that that's what I wanted to do. I kind of pursued those specific opportunities. So following my dietetic internship, 
that's whenever we're after that, we can sit for our board exam to be a registered dietitian. So completed that. And then I went uh, to be a graduate assistant sports dietitian at Auburn University and got my master's in exercise physiology. And then the cool part of that position was really working full time, basically as a sports dietitian underneath the head sports dietitian there at Auburn. So I got to work with several teams and that's where I would say I really had the first taste of what it is to work as a sports dietitian in the collegiate setting in a more full-time role, even though it wasn't technically full-time, I was working the hours of a full-time. So, and just absolutely loved it and had a lot of great teams and athletes that I got to work with and learned a lot of things under that sports dietitian there. And then from there, went on to Indiana university and worked as a sports performance dietitian there and same kind of thing. There was one other sports dietitian. And so between the two of us, we had all, uh, we covered all 24 teams. So I worked with about 12 teams there working closely with basketball, football, uh, baseball, and several others. Um, and so, yeah, so I start, definitely started my career in collegiate athletics and, um, you know, that's where I really got to, you know, start working with strength coaches and athletic trainers and kind of work in that collaborative environment, um, to really better and help the athlete fuel, recover, perform, uh, and, and be their, be their best. Uh, so yeah, from there, worked there for a couple of years. And then from there, I went back to Texas and was in the Dallas area and I worked for a sports medicine facility. Um, but then through that worked with a lot of teams and athletes like external to that organization. So I worked with SMU, worked closely with the football program there. Um, for a few years. And then from there, kind of during transition to working with a few professional teams. So then worked with the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Wings and FC Dallas. So that's a little bit about my kind of background in sports. So always working in the collegiate or professional world as a sports dietitian and kind of along that too, I would work individually with athletes, um, not only on the teams that I was working with, but then also kind of separately from those teams. Um, so yeah, I've kind of had a, a, the opportunity to experience kind of a lot of different levels of sport and a couple of different sports as well. Um, and then kind of throughout that, I've done a, a few other things as well. I, at one point I was an adjunct professor for an undergrad sports nutrition course. I have done a little bit of media work, like with the golf channel and things that way. So I've kind of had a, a variety of experiences, which has been pretty cool, um, to think again, that as that. 16 year old whenever I started that um, I've, I've gotten to do a lot of the things that I had had, had wanted to do. That's pretty awesome. And it's a great voyage that also has probably led you now to be a huge fan of the swimming world. And we'll just leave that as a joke between Britt and I. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking at that, I think that the one thing that each of those steps probably has taught you and it's really been the part that I would say in, in both of our realms in sport is the most important. And that's how you get the point across to people. You know, we ended out having to look outside because, you know, there's somebody here that just, uh, they have a hard time connecting with the guys. They, they have a hard time understanding like that world, what the basketball world is. And I'm sure that there's some people listening right now that are shaking their head to that, but being able to connect with these kids and kind of meet them where they're at and communicate and, and, you know, grow with them has been something that really has been the primary um, 
I would say compliment that comes from our guys when it comes to how you build things out with them. So these different stops along the way with the different aspects of it, how has that impacted how you look at how you prescribe and then how you communicate how you prescribe uh, to the young people that you're able to assist now? Yeah, I think in any of our jobs, especially in sport, right? Like that, those relationships obviously are, are huge. And like, I think that's where, especially, especially in the nutrition space, I would say, because like, I mean, with coaching, lifting, I mean, you can, you know, tell the guys to do a certain, you know, in a, within a lift session, you're going to tell them to do certain lifts, they do it and they move on with their day kind of deal. Whereas with nutrition and eating, <clears throat> And I feel like there's a lot more involved in like your food choices based on obviously your preferences, kind of how you grew up, what you were used to eating. I mean, there's, I feel like there's, there's a lot of in, involved with kind of how you eat. And so I would say getting to know the athlete and working with them individually is really important. And I like to say like, I could, you know, even if I made the perfect nutrition plan, perfect meal plan, the perfect everything, but then it's not practical for the athlete based on, you know, their food preferences, their budget, like where they live, their, uh, you know, their cooking knowledge, their, like, do they have a car to drive to the grocery store to even get that food? Like, there's so many factors that go into it that like, even if it's the perfect nutrition plan, but not practical, it's not going to work. So then it's not the perfect nutrition plan. So I think really working with the athlete and of course, we're all in different obviously in life, we're all in different phases. And then within different areas of life, we're all kind of in different spots with that. And so with nutrition, not only our nutrition knowledge, but our nutrition habits and our nutrition goals, all those are different. So working to understand what each athlete's goals are, and again, kind of their world and what is practical for them and what's doable for them, I think really goes a long way in providing nutrition recommendations that are actually practical and doable for them at that point in time. Yeah, I, I love that because I think that, you know, one thing you just mentioned that I, I feel most of us overlook is that, you know, we just look at it because let's be honest, right? Most of us that work in sports are a little messed up in the head. We're a little crazy, <laughs> you know, so we're able to sit here and be like, hey, I need to change my nutrition plan and I need to do all this stuff. And we can kind of flip it on its head and change it right away because we're wired a little different because we look at these things and we're kind of like, if this is how you need to do it, this is how you need to do it. We're gonna tick these boxes and do what they say and all this. But with food, it's so emotionally connected and it's so like part of who people are that making drastic changes usually leads you to getting told to, to kick rocks. And I, you know, I think the approach that we've had here has been to educate them slowly right? Like teaching them how to make a plate as opposed to just filling a plate with chicken fingers and fries um, throughout the summer has been really successful for a lot of these guys to start because all too often they're, we also have to remember they're 18 to 22 year old knuckleheads. And we were 18 to 22 year old knuckleheads once too. And probably ate way more pizza than we should have. 
right? I still have to eat more pizza than I should. <laughs> <laughs> but when we look at it, can we now take these lessons we've learned and slowly build better habits and then bring in someone who can look at it more in the micro to help fill the gaps that really, you know, whether we want to, uh, as a strength coach, whether we want to admit it or not, are probably not quite qualified to, to make the decisions of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of of that, of like, again, understanding like where the athlete currently is, right? And then making those small changes, like you said, like if they're kind of just starting to learn about nutrition and trying to make some change, like, yeah, making some small changes and building on that will be more impactful than, yeah, trying to change everything all at once. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of just like what you said of like that, those small steps and building on that over the course of time to, and I always say too, like, I mean, we're all going to be eating the rest of our life, right? Like, and so learning, learning some, learning some nutrition skills and learning how to eat for like, obviously as an athlete, learning how to eat for performance and to, to support your training demands and to like at, at that point in time, how you're going to eat is going to be a little bit different than down the road, but we will be eating the rest of our life. So learning how to do that in a way that's healthy for you at that time, again, that's going to be a lifelong skill that's crucial to health and performance and longevity. So with that in mind, what are some strategies that let's just call them a novice, right? People below the registered and certified level can implement with young people. And then where do you feel professionally that cutoff is and they should seek outside help when it comes to someone that is registered and certified and qualified? Because I think that we, you know, for a long time, the sexy thing to say in all of our vocations, right, was you don't work in a silo. Well, if you don't stay in your silo, you can get sued, right? <laughs> like, let's right. just be honest. You're setting yourself up to get in trouble. So where do you see that gray area that coaches may be able to help? And then where do you think that there are the situations where it is a almost must for the handoff? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's not necessarily, a, I would say like a clear black and white line. It's kind of in between gray and black and white line, but I mean, I would say like from a nutrition perspective, there are general things that we know to be beneficial from nutrition, especially in an athlete's world. Like, and the top, I would say the common things that they're often not doing, right? Like, are they eating breakfast, right? Are they eating fruits and vegetables? Are they, are they hydrating? Are they you know, eating often throughout the day. I mean, even those small, simple things that don't involve, none of those involve calorie numbers. None of those involve macro numbers. None of those involve like anything too specific, right? It's like those general habits, right? I mean, we know it's good to fuel consistently, especially if they're training, you know, hours a day, which all athletes are. Uh, we know fruits and vegetables are beneficial for antioxidants and polyphenols and recovery and all those things, right? There are the 
hydration. We, there are certain things that we know to be positive on the athlete's health, fueling and recovery. So I think encouraging those habits and creating an environment that makes that possible, you know, like as much as we have control over, I think sometimes like the, and again, I know sometimes it's out of our control, but if we have input on even just like the training times and things like that, sometimes that goes a long way and being a conducive environment for the athlete to feel consistently throughout the day. So I'd say encouraging some of those habits is a great place to start. If, you know, if it gets more specific around exact amounts or like, it's especially if it, I mean, if there, definitely, if there was an athlete that had any type of <clears throat> like medical concern or health concern or, um, things that way. I mean, you definitely want to bring in a, a registered dietitian that is, we're trained in that. And then I think too, the, the tricky thing is like, there's a lot of things that if you're not trained in that, you, that don't come to your mind to ask or think of that involve a player's nutrition, because you haven't been trained in it. For example, there are a lot of like medical nutrient interactions or nutrient nutrient interactions. So if we're getting a further down the road of providing individualized nutrition recommendations or making recommendations, even like supplement recommendations and things like that, there can be, I mean, there's some questions we want to ask the athlete to make sure that there's no contraindications or any concerns with recommending that particular food or combination of food or that supplement you know, what if they're on a medication that you don't know about, that's going to interact with a certain thing that you mentioned. So, I mean, there's kind of some hidden things I would say that don't necessarily come to mind to someone that's not a sports dietitian. And I mean, it's the same thing too, of like, I mean, I have a, like, you know, I have a master's in exercise phys, but there's no way I want to like develop a training program for the guys. Like that's not the best for the athlete because I don't, that's not what I do. Like I couldn't, I'm not going to put together a very comprehensive, like robust training plan because like, I'm not trained to do that. And I, that's like, I'm I, like, that's, I, I, that's not what, that's not my like role. And so I think too, on the flip side of like strength coaches or anyone else, while they generally have good intentions to help the athlete, they're not trained to do that. And so the, what they would provide generally falls short of what the sports dietitian can provide in terms of the comprehensive, robust, practical, individualized, doable plan that the athlete can't, that can help the athlete again, make those small positive changes to impact their overall nutrition and therefore their fueling and training and, re and recovery. Yeah. And this is something that I think a lot of us feel that we basically are in one of two situations. We either have someone there um, that is dedicated simply to that. And they are locked in, dialed in, helping push things forward, you know, really helping the group go. And there's others who are on the outside looking in who right now are saying, well, all that sounds great, Brittany, you know, and I understand what Jay's saying, even though it could be, you know, perceived as, you know, more of my grumpy old get off my lawn talk. 
where you need to be careful of what you're doing and overstepping your bounds. But there are options for people to be able that, you know, to, to work with people from the outside that can provide a huge impact um, for the, you know, the people that you get to work with that isn't as challenging of a situation to find as we think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously the, the goal would be for every team, athletic department, every organization, right. To have a sports dietitian, like that would be the, the dream. Right. And, and while that has drastically improved over the last five, 10 years, there are of course still teams and organizations that don't have a full-time sports dietitian, but yeah, there are options for varying degrees of involvement from a sports dietitian. And that can look a million different ways, but there, I mean, I even finding someone, yeah, to, that you can at minimum that you can even like talk to of like, Hey, what are some, to get some recommendations on whether it's the team menu or like what you're providing to the players and, or having involvement with individual athletes, like on a kind of more of a one-on-one basis to provide some of that expertise that and of course, I mean, I think in that scenario, you obviously want to find someone that is familiar with sport and like that is a sports dietitian. Because I mean, sports nutrition too is so different than general nutrition. And obviously, like we've talked about, like the sports culture, I mean, you either kind of know it or you don't kind of deal. Not to say you can't learn it, but I would say that's an important part of it too, is finding someone that is a sports dietitian that knows sport, knows the training demands and just <clears throat> some of those aspects that sports involve. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can find sports dietitians to be involved in your program, even from a small level and kind of, and again, I think that's important to build that relationship with them and with other professionals and then kind of go from there based on like how, how it goes with that sports dietitian and things that way. But yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be all or nothing to have the benefit of a sports dietitian involved in your program. Yeah. And I think especially too, even with more and more of these young people showing up at one of the two extremes, right? They either were at a school and in an institution that had someone helping with this, that had someone teaching them these things even if it is as simple as like a class in high school. So they have some general knowledge and an understanding of what they're supposed to do. Um, to individuals who I've jokingly said this, eat like it's a seven-year-old sleepover party every day. <laughs> you know, you don't get many in between, at least in, in my experience. Just teaching them like how to make a plate and helping educate them on yeah you know french fries are a carb but why might rice be a better choice or you know why is picking up a banana as opposed to taking two scoops of the pears that are soaked in sugar water um a better choice like simple things like that really anybody could do and then help them build the basics and help find ways that you need to find help for them 
so that they can then really focus in on their, you know, their specifics to improve their performance. The same way we would with training, right? Like we all have our bread and butter that we're good at teaching, but we all need help with some situations where we reach out to colleagues to figure those things out. But in, in this situation, when it comes to feeding the athletes, I think that all too often we are almost afraid of coming off like we aren't the experts, but we're not. Like we know enough to be dangerous. We know enough to probably get them through like uh, vegetables are good. You should probably eat those, you know. Um, Chicken fingers and fries probably shouldn't be our primary choice. And then getting someone in that can help actually talk about what maybe their macro, you know, setup should be, what maybe their, you know, specific additions to their nutrition plan should be based on, hey, we've got these deficiencies with this person. Hey, this person's on. ADHD medicine, you know, what do we need to change with them? You know, things like that. And all too often, strength coaches like to open Google and find answers and dig for things, which is great. Educating yourself outside what we do is great. But handing off and working with someone to at least get another set of eyes on it, I think is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And I think even the way, like, and this goes for anything, but how nutrition recommendations or guidance is communicated right because if even if like let's say you're like as a strength coach you do calculate some macro needs for an athlete and you say hey you know what you need 400 grams of carbohydrates today like even even if that amount is correct and that's like appropriate for that athlete generally the athlete has no idea what that means like 400 grams of carbohydrate like what is like, how much is that? You know, like they, like a lot of times those numbers or certain things, even if it's like accurate, it's not communicated in a helpful way for the athlete. So I think just like y'all are good at teaching technique for, you know, different lifts, or, I mean, just some of like, because that's your everyday language, how you've communicated with your athletes, you've learned how that might be more certain communication styles or the way you say certain things is easier for the athlete to understand and implement. I would say the same thing on nutrition is that's, that's kind of our everyday language of we, I think we can communicate that in a way that's hopefully easier for the athlete to understand and like take away from it. Um, so I think that's another thing too, is sometimes the way it's communicated can impact a lot. And then one thing too, kind of on that communication style, I would say as strength coaches too, you know, being an, anyone around at the athlete and that I mean, coaching staff, strength coaches, really everyone, us that, that, that are around the athlete is, I mean, just the way we talk about, I mean, nutrition as a whole, and then also people's body weight and their, you know, that whole thing of like, and I think this is probably more uh, of a like talking point. I mean, it can happen to male and female athletes, but I would say more so around female athletes of the way we, you know, we talk about body weight and eating and fueling and all that kind of stuff too can have a big impact on that athlete's uh, relationship with food and things that way. And so I think even the way being mindful of how we like to pot to frame all of this in a positive way around the athlete is also beneficial. 
Yeah. And I think that that, again, is why there needs to be boundaries. There needs to be some separation. And even more so, like, there needs to be another voice because especially when you're talking about making changes outside of our specific realm if they only hear your voice all the time like eventually your voice gets weaker so if you have someone that you can bring in that is the expert that is able to provide um specifics in that realm and works well with the young men and women that you know are associated with your group then that just gets the ball rolling even faster because now not only do they have a second voice that they're listening to and have a uh what's the what's the term for this they they have an expert now but they have a trust not just in the person that they're working with nutritionally but also if you're the strength coach connecting them like that's going to give you more buy-in with the kids and then more buy-in with you because they're now like they trust that you're going to find the best solution for them even if that solution isn't you and I feel like in the 21st century athlete, that's even more valuable than it's ever been simply because they have so much information at their fingertips and they can sniff out, or at least they think they can sniff out kind of the bullshit and who's making things up and who really has an idea of what's A, best and B, best for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it highlights the importance of that area. Right. Like, I mean, strength, strength is obviously important and you have somebody dedicated to that. Right. And then if you bring in someone with nutrition, like that, that highlights that area. And I mean, it makes that area important. That's, and you have someone that they can go to that can provide them that, that resource. I think it also kind of shows them that, Hey, this is actually another really important part of being an athlete. And I can work on this just like I can work on like lifting or you know, my shot or, I mean, any, any of those things that they consistently work at, I mean, nutrition is no different. Like you have to continually, you know, put effort toward and put effort towards it and work at it. And I think when you have somebody that can help them in those efforts, that's whenever they're most successful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when it comes to understanding and assisting and teaching and learning and building these things, you know, it, it's been great having you on board and it's been great having you help out with the guys. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't also share that you, you're great with sharing great information. You know, like you put a lot of really good stuff out on social media. Um, so let's make sure, Britt, we get out of here with where can people follow you? Where can they contact you? Where are ways that they can, you know, reach out to you, whether it be to help with their athletes or to talk about these things and where can they find you on, on social media? Cause you do put out some really good content that, that is shareable and helpful for coaches to use with their athletes as well. Yeah, I think so. The best place would be Instagram. So my um, handle is sports RD Brit. So that's where I try to put out relative or uh, 
pertinent information for athletes of again, practical nutrition information, guidance, things that way. And then that's the best way to contact me too. I mean, I think my email's on that, or you can shoot me a DM. Uh, but yeah, that would be the best place to find me, which is a sports RD Brit. Yes. And I will make sure that we have that in the notes and, you know, everybody hop over and give her a follow. Cause you know, there's, there aren't many posts that you put out there that I don't end out sharing because it is a lot of good stuff. And I think that, you know, the athletes need to see it. And quite frankly, I think a lot of coaches need to see it too. And, you know, Brent, as always, appreciate your time. Appreciate everything you do for the guys. Appreciate how much you've helped us as a program and how much you've helped me. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier to have you not just on the show, but as part of this upcoming manual. And I'm really excited to, uh, to have you as part of CVAPS. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. And uh, we'll make sure again, guys uh hop over to instagram give her a follow she's given great information and reach out she, she's done great to to help me and, and the guys that i get to work with on a daily basis uh it's really fantastic stuff and i i can't recommend it enough and it's you know talking with the guys after it really is fascinating how much we think we know and how well we think we're doing with it but finding out kind of where we're hamstrung uh, on the back end and, and some things that we maybe don't do quite as well in that realm. So, you know, if there are some things that you're successful with, great, you know, but as always, reach out, try to find eyes to look at it, try to find people that can help you grow and, and things that can make you better with it. But as always, thank you all for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We'll see you then.